0: In five,
1: four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders.
0: Well, We're waiting.
1: Welcome into the rundown. It is the Thursday edition here on a oh, Wednesday edition. I'm losing track of days. Here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Uh, I promised yesterday, and we will head out to the phones and welcome in, my friend, Teddy Hefner. Teddy, good afternoon, sir. How are you, buddy?
0: I I, I don't know if I can do this. It's been so long. I've I've kind of forgotten. Uh, I I feel like like a rookie. I feel like I'm starting over. We can't have that. Please, somebody, get me on the air. Give me a microphone.
1: Well, I thought I was like, you know what, Teddy's Teddy is itching to get on the air a little bit. I thought maybe maybe you'd grace us with some of your presence today, and we could talk a little sports um, before. Uh, hopefully, we get you back on the air soon, my friend.
0: Well, I did want to say the uh, management there, LJ, and and everybody. They're doing a, a, a the, the best job that they can uh, under the uh, uh, under the circumstances. Nobody. Uh, Rob, nobody's ever experienced anything like this. You, you can think about 9-11, but that's not the same. Uh, it's um, it, it's just amazing. And uh, I, um, I is it a you know is it an overreaction? Maybe it is, but maybe it's one of those things where that you've uh, uh, you'd rather overreact than, than underreact. So I, I'm trying to uh, keep my politics uh, you know my politics out of it. And just let the uh, people who have more information about what's going on let them uh, make the calls. But I know our economy can't stand being shut down much longer. So it's—I uh, mean, I'm on the—I'm on the verge of bankruptcy myself here with uh, just being out for uh, the uh, the time that I, I have been out. But Rob, it is a—it's uh, uh, a near experience for everybody, uh, not just in our business, but in every business.
1: I agree with you on that, and the mentality that I have is that I did not go to school to become a doctor, so I'm going to listen to what the doctors are telling me because they went to school to be doctors, and if they're telling us we need to calm down a little bit, that's kind of the route that I'm going to go. I think that's kind of the safest way to go because uh, always uh, listen to people that are smarter than you are. I think that that generally works well in life, right?
0: Uh, Surround yourself with people who are smarter than you is a very good A very good avenue for success. You're Mm -hmm. absolutely correct.
1: Well, can we talk about a couple of things here? First of all, uh, you know, folks are doing different things to fill the sports void. I've asked my guests that have yeah. come along with, here with me. Uh, I've admitted that I've watched The Tiger King from Netflix. I also watched a couple of Chuck Norris movies. Uh, what is Teddy Hefner doing to fill the sports void?
0: Well, if you would like a rundown on The Marvelous Mrs. Moselle, Moselle I can tell you all about it. its uh, I know it's kind of supposed to be a chick, thing uh this is amazon prime you know what i'm talking about
1: no sir please enlighten me and the yeah, rest of no the audience with not.
0: that anyway that. It, it it's it's an unknown actress i don't know who the actress is but uh, uh it's about a uh 19, late 50s 1958 uh and this this lady uh has a couple of children and her husband just decides to leave one day uh, and he was tr- trying to work as, uh, as a stand-up comic, just as a, a, a side, uh, kind of like our buddy Tim and Tim does, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and was without much success, and he, she was going with her husband to these clubs and try, uh, trying to get him time slots and all. But to make a long story short, when they break up, she shows up at the club. Uh, plaster out of her mind and just just a hilarious stand-up bit now don't let your kids watch it it's not it's not for that uh, and so uh i'm into the second season i think they've just had three seasons so far uh, it's so good i tell you what i'm holding off on ozark uh to uh uh to, to finish my uh, uh the marvelous mrs Mazzell. it's pretty funny it's pretty good
1: All right, well, I'll have to add that to the list, because I'm in the middle of Ozark now, and I'm watching uh, a little bit here and a little bit there, but uh, I I have to admit... you
0: say in the middle, uh, Rob, you say in the middle, are you in the middle of the third season, the first season, the second season?
1: I'm in the middle of the second season, because I'd never really heard of Ozark until it was like, hey, you got to stay at home and chill out. And, you know, you're not going to have... Uh, right now, I should be watching my Atlanta Braves and be uh, complaining about the bullpen right now, but instead, I'm watching Laura Linney on
0: uh, on Ozark. Uh, Ozark, just pay attention to the character development. They do a great, great job with the character development. They really do. It's good. Uh, that's a very good series. They've done a really good job with that. I find it interesting the way they... Um, uh, they release the whole season, too. So if you want to sit down and watch all nine or ten or how many ever it is, you can do so. Uh, because uh, I, I love Roy Donovan, uh, but uh, that's just once a week. So I purposely don't watch Roy Donovan, so I get five or six backed up when I can – when because I've got to where I'm a binge watcher as well. But there's really no sports to binge watch. I wish that um, – uh, I wish there was a local station or something where they could replay Carolina football games, replay Clemson football games, Wofford basketball upset of, of North Carolina. I wish there was some way that, that we had that. Uh, if, if, if there was a station that could uh, – uh, devote some time to that I think that would really take off uh, Rob I, I, I know you're a, uh, a fan of the other school but would you not like to watch the 1971 South Carolina Maryland game that ended up in that big brawl and then back it up right behind that with when South Carolina had to go to Maryland two weeks later I, mean, I just think that would be fascinating
1: it would be fascinating and by the way If you follow my blog page, I've already posted uh, what, in my opinion, are the top ten Clemson games of all time. The full games are up on my blog page. You just uh, pull them up, and you can watch, I think – I had like mm-hmm. a, a couple of the national championship games. I had uh, a couple of games from 1981 with Clumps, and I'm developing my Gamecock games. I have to figure out where I can find them online, but I'm going to get the 10 best right. Gamecock games and put them up there too. You can uh, put that on your Apple TV and watch it right there. And you know, you don't need your. Own, you could have Teddy TV and, and watch that. That's right. the way to go, man.
0: Yeah, if you can find the games, I guess so. Uh, you got the three national championship games, one, two, three, or do you have that 45-42 loss in there?
1: I've got what I think are the ten best Clemson games of all time. They're up on my blog page at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Uh, I managed to find the majority of them on YouTube. Uh, you click the link, you can watch them on YouTube. doesn't cost you a dime. It's right there at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Cool. And I'm working on the Gamecock list because growing up here in Columbia, I went to so many Gamecock games, but in my era of growing up, the Gamecocks just weren't very good. But, I mean, I can remember games with like Brandon Bennett and and Steve Tannehill and stuff like that. Those were, in my opinion, great games to watch, even though the team wasn't really that great at all.
0: Well, you got the '84 team, you got the '87 uh, team, uh, you got the '79 and '80 teams with Coach Carlin and uh, George Rogers, Uh, George Rogers, Herschel Walker going up against each other in uh, 1980 in Athens. That's a game you'd certainly uh, put on the uh, put on the list. Uh, That 1987 South Carolina team wound up losing. um, uh, They went eight and four. Uh, knock away the um, the bowl game. They lost the, the, the three losses. The two of them were the teams ranked number two in the country at the time on the road. So that was a um, a fun year for South Carolina. Yeah, that kind of the history of South Carolina football has been. Man, if they had just won that one, you know, if they just like Army, I um, not Army Navy, uh, uh, the '84 uh, Navy game for South Carolina. If they had just won that one, uh, and that's kind of been like the history of uh, of South Carolina. Uh, football, and of course, um, I, you know I'm a huge baseball fan. I'd love to be able to watch some of those '70s Yankees or Royals games, or uh, the um, the, uh, the Reds if they had somewhere that we could watch that. Uh, just uh, the boat. The, do they still have the ESPN Classic? I can't find that anywhere. I don't they know they, they do have, have that, that
1: but I mean they don't really put anything on there that I want to watch. I mean they yeah. I mean, they don't really put a, a, like a like a set on college football either. So.
0: Right. Um, you know, SEC network, ACC network, maybe they could do some uh stuff like that. But I I don't know, maybe we're different. Maybe uh maybe most sports fans uh are more interested in what in today than they are in what happened uh thirty or forty years ago. But could you uh, how would you like to watch uh uh Don Larson's uh, no hitter? uh against Brooklyn in the uh 1956 uh, uh World Series uh and, and I'm not talking about a highlight I'm talking about pitch by pitch the exact commentary at the time uh I, I just I just think something like that would uh, uh would people getting starred for sports I think something like that would have a uh, uh would have an audience
1: are you into the iNASCAR? And I ask because, uh, to be completely honest, I thought when I asked you what you were going to watch today, I thought you were going to tell me, well, you know me, Rob. I'm watching old Joe Namath videos, which is awesome in its own right. <laughs> but are you into the, the iNASCAR racing?
0: Uh, I, I, I am not the NASCAR fan I once was. NASCAR has uh, uh, kind of taken a step back. But to be honest with you, I was not a huge NASCAR fan. The, the the first race I ever saw, I wrote two stories on uh, in Charlotte in eighty or eighty one. I, I guess it was eighty. Uh, you know, I was um, um, I, I'd left the state newspaper to go down to Charleston to work. I worked a year at the Charleston Post Courier, but this was before the Post Courier really got to be a good newspaper. I was very frustrated. I, I, I liked a lot of my duties down there, writing columns, et cetera, but I was very frustrated with some other things. So Herman Helms called and said, Well, why don't you come on back? I need somebody to cover uh, NASCAR. So I came back to the estate in 1980. I covered NASCAR full time in 80 and 81, and then sort of helped out after that. Uh, so the, the first NASCAR races I ever saw, I, I was writing stories about. Matter of fact, when, I don't. I've never been to a NASCAR race that I was not uh, covering as a member of the media. The thing about NASCAR that I found, and of course we're talking 40 years ago, was the people. Uh, you know, the races are fine, but the people. Uh, you know, like Ken Berger always wrote. I uh, always talked about sports writing. Says write about the people. You know, the, yeah, you got to cover the games, but write about the people. And that was the thing that I found out NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt Sr. Just a um a fascinating fascinating person Darrell Walter uh they had that uh, little rivalry and uh, uh, even went back to where uh, both of them were trying to date the same girl at one time so it's just it was just some great stuff. Tim Richmond the, the late Tim Richmond he and I got to be uh, a, a, yeah, got to be kind of kind of friends uh, and uh, the, the, the three people on uh, the NASCAR circuit that would say hello to me before I if I was walking down the garage area and they saw me, they'd say hello even if I hadn't seen them to say hello. Uh, one was uh, uh, Ricky Rudd, one was Kyle Yarbrough, and of course uh, Tim Richmond before he uh, uh, passed away. And I got to know some. I got to know Kyle Petty a little bit, uh, but it was uh, the, the NASCAR people. And and I don't know if that's changed or not. I can't remember the last NASCAR race I went to, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but i i don't know if it changed or not but they made some huge mistakes uh with uh their their um uh plan i guess their uh, well, I, overall I, game plan
1: i'll give you my 20 seconds on that teddy i think nascar has right. kind of slapped their fans in the face they've basically taken things like all right we're not going to have two races at darlington we're not going to have races at, uh, the same amount of races in the southern states where we were actually built but hey let's go to michigan and las vegas where they don't know what what the hell we're doing here but we'll have a nascar race there i, I think that's the big thing is that they they got too big and, and they forgot about the people who got them where they were and NASCAR now I mean can you really relate to any of these drivers they they walk to the you know they walk into the garage they're in their skinny jeans and you know Dale Earnhardt Jr. or, or Dale Earnhardt would have slapped the hell out of half these guys. I mean, I truly believe yeah. that, and I think that's what what we've gotten away from. We've gotten away from the cowboy aspect of it, and now you got guys that are running around in their simulators, and it's just not as entertaining, in my opinion.
0: Um. Well, I think you got it. Um, they, they forgot about uh, uh, North Wilkesboro, Rockingham. Exactly. Uh, you know, a lot of these uh, a lot of these tracks that were basically the backbone. I mean, heck, Junior Johnson's shop was uh, what. Uh, 20 miles of that from North Wellsboro, and they, they, yeah, they forgot where they came from. They got a little bit too big for their britches. Uh, uh, it was the fastest growing sport uh, in the country there for a while, and they just uh, felt like they could keep growing and keep growing. And there was not, nothing wrong with running a race. Uh, I thought it was great to run a race. I uh, can't believe we've gotten into talking NASCAR, uh, but I thought it was great to run a race at uh, uh, at uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Be great to run races uh, at some of these other tracks, but but don't screw over your uh, your local folks to do that. You're you're absolutely correct on that.
1: Well, and we we get into NASCAR and see that's that's why I love the, I love listening to Teddy's show because you never know where it's going to go, uh, and and it's almost like like you're talking with with your uncle, which is which is great. But I, the thing I wanted to talk to you about today is uh, the tweet you put out the what was it a couple days ago about football season. And, man, that that was a heck of a tweet, man. uh, For the listeners that didn't catch it on Twitter, uh, at the uh, Teddy Hefner, tell us a little bit about that tweet you put out the other day.
0: Well, just one of my um, um, coaching sources uh, told me that there had been a discussion in the SEC with all the head coaches about uh, what was the, the steps they were going to take. And that it was a fifty-fifty chance that there would be no college football uh, this fall, and that's you know there are a lot of schools that rely uh, a great deal on uh, college football for their budgets. Uh, there's not a lot of schools uh, when when you talk about college football pays for everything else. Uh, there's a heck of a lot of truth to uh, uh, to that, but uh, that uh, that was pretty stunning to me. I mean heck, it's uh, we seem to be gaining on this thing. Uh, it's just April the first, and they're talking about canceling a college football season. Uh, that uh, uh, 50/50 chance, according to the uh, uh, SEC uh, administration, that's what they're told. The head football coaches, 50/50 chance that there would be not be no college football season this fall.
1: Uh, that, that's an amazing thing to think about. Do you think that the public, the folks that are going to go to games, do you think there's going to be a section of them that are like, you know what, eh, maybe I don't want to be in front of eight, with 80,000 people down at Williams-Brice this fall. Do you think we're going to have a section of folks that are like that?
0: Well, it depends on what happens between now and then. Uh, obviously, uh, the uh, SEC uh, attendance was actually down uh, last year, college football attendance has been down for the past few years. Uh, television is catching up, uh, with, uh, college uh, football. I, I know uh, a number of my friends who have given up. Their tickets to uh, Carolina or to Clemson uh, football games because of uh, the cost. And Clemson's—they got a hell of a product. You, you want—you want to be a part of that if you're a Clemson fan. But I do know a lot of South Carolina fans who say, "Look, I, I, I've got i got to give to the Gamecock Club just in order to buy a ticket." Uh, and then I can't get a decent ticket. I can sit in my living room, 10 feet away from my 63-inch TV. I'm 15 feet away from the television. I mean, uh, the refrigerator and all my uh, uh, Mountain Dew, and I'm 10 more feet away from the bathroom. Uh, and when the game's over, especially with some of these late-night games, when the game's over, I cut the TV off and go to bed. Uh, so that's so uh, one of the uh South Carolina doing the uh, renovations at uh, Williams-Brice Stadium, they're actually reducing the capacity, but they're trying to make the game day experience uh, worth it. For the um, uh, for these uh, uh, fans who are maybe kind of teetering and tottering on the edge, I mean, heck, there was a day if you wanted to see the football game, you had to go to it. Uh, right? Oh, I, I can remember the uh, nineteen seventy-seven South Carolina Clemson game being on uh, original television. That was a that was a huge, that was a big deal. Uh, to uh, have that game on uh, television, and I mean every game's on TV uh, now. You you don't have to go to uh, the ballpark. You don't have to uh, wait in traffic. You don't have to pay twenty five dollars to park. Uh, you don't have to uh, put up with that uh, drunk, uh, wannabe football coach three rows down, uh, whose uh, uh, language you don't particularly appreciate and whose uh, knowledge of football is not quite what he thinks it is. Uh, there's no doubt that the uh, the TV money is great, but uh, right now it's almost like college football is competing against itself because it's competing against that TV contract
1: Teddy Hefner joining us on the rundown this afternoon, and I have to ask Teddy because we kind of talked about this before uh before you went down a little bit, but the uh, the nCAA coming out yesterday and saying. Uh, Yeah, we're going to give everybody uh, basically kind of a reset with the spring sports. I think um, that's going to affect a lot of different things on the roster management front uh, when we come to college baseball. Uh, What do you think is going to be the big, huge effect on that, though?
0: Well, you're going to have, uh, obviously, you're going to have larger rosters. I was thinking maybe they needed some JV games, but maybe there's not that many. I think South Carolina only had uh, four seniors that could uh, could choose to uh, come back. I think that's right uh, as far as uh, baseball is concerned. I, I think I read a... Uh, a note from uh, John Whittle, who does such a great job at the Big Spur, that uh, there were 45 total spring athletes who were seniors that could come back uh, if they wanted to. But they've got—I mean—they've got to do that. They've got to give those folks the uh, opportunity uh, to uh, to come back. Of course, it's up to the individual schools uh, how much scholarship money uh, they will uh, honor, because you got an incoming class as well. Uh, but uh, they're going to waiver uh, any um, uh, scholarship uh, limitations on the uh, the folks who are are um, uh, are coming back. So uh, yeah, I think you had to do that. Not you, you know me, I love baseball, but not just baseball. You got to do that. But baseball, softball, track, golf, uh, tennis. Uh, what what am I leaving out? All all the spring sports. you got the spring, to spring do, uh, I mean, you, you can't have a guy lose a year of eligibility for uh, uh, 10 or 12 games.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. and I think, But I think what's going to happen, though, is that I think the transfer portal is going to get hot because you've got, let's say, these yes. seniors that are coming back. If you were, say, a freshman thinking, all right, I'm going to come in my freshman year and, you know, I'll get my chance because this guy's going to graduate. You know, there's only nine spots on a field. I think that teams that, like, from the SoCon – Uh, Teams that are under the the Power Five conferences, I think they're going to get a lot of talent from ACC and SEC schools where normally they would be there, but they're going to end up playing for teams like, uh, say, the Citadel, the College of Charleston, etc., simply because there's just not enough spots.
0: It might work the other way around too. though somebody that's proven their three forty, three fifty hitter at, uh, St. College of Charleston, uh, all of a sudden he 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 can get a spot at a, a power five school. So I, I know that's a big concern of uh, uh, Coach uh, Holbrook. I've talked with him about it. That's a big concern about him, uh, and of course that's a huge concern about him with the uh, uh, the. Uh, move toward uh, no no penalty uh penalty for transferring the, uh, the first time you can transfer once without a penalty the um, mid major schools are, are really really uh, concerned about that eating into their uh into their uh rosters but uh, it's going to be uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these college coaches manage the roster uh, but rob you and I know the the greatest job that college baseball coaches do Is is manage a roster with 11.7 players when you got uh, you got 28 on scholarship and then you can have another seven walk-ons and you gotta you gotta do that on let with 11.7 scholarship. Of course, they won't like next year as you mentioned the uh, um, uh, the seniors will not count against that 11.7.
1: Still, though, I mean, you've still got to play almost some roster bingo. That's kind of the way that it's going to be next season. And, you know, obviously we'll – hopefully by this time next season uh, we'll be able to talk baseball and I'll just be able to pop in right when your show's over. We can do it that way instead of having to do it over the phone. But we're working to get you back on the air, man. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's coming up here shortly, right?
0: Uh, Well, they're they're doing as much as they can. I mean, uh, obviously you have to follow – the uh, National iHeart Media um, guidelines, which they're doing, but uh, uh, they're going to try to get—they're uh, going to try to get me set up from home. Uh, it would not be the um, uh, entire show because I would not be able to take calls, but I'd certainly be able to take uh, uh, text messages and uh, uh, and emails, and if nothing else. I'll just sit here and uh, chat to myself.
1: Uh, that that could be amusing. You could talk about your days covering NASCAR and the 1987 South Carolina football team. Uh, I by one last question. Since we were talking about that South Carolina team, before we had the uh, the section of uh, the great teams from Spurrier, could you make an argument that that '87 team was probably one of the better Gamecock teams that that, that you covered anyway?
0: It was the best Gamecock team that I covered. Now the '84 team won more games, but they were not as talented as that uh, uh, 1987 team was. That 1987 team was uh, was really really good. Uh, I know to this day there are Carolina fans who. Uh, I uh, don't like Todd Ellis, as, and we'll tell you Todd Ellis is a bad college quarterback. Well, that's 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 BS. Uh, he yeah he threw a few interceptions, but he threw a lot of touchdowns and threw for a lot of yards. Uh, he had good receivers. Uh, uh, he had some good running backs like um, uh, Harold Green. Uh, it was um, um, heck, one of the uh, one of the, uh, in my opinion, the best. Uh, athlete at South Carolina in football, Sterling Sharp. I know everybody will disagree and say, well, how about George Rogers? I'm not going to argue with you, uh, either one of them. Uh, but uh, Sterling could do things that uh, George uh, uh, could not do. Of course, George could do some things that Sterling couldn't do either. Uh, I remember Sterling had to be put in at uh, running back in one game. He scored three touchdowns, so that's that's not a bad a fill-in job, although it was against um, um, mediocre competition. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a really, really good team. They were very good on defense uh, as well. Uh, they they had uh, Oklahoma State beat town in the uh, bowl game, and then Oklahoma State scored on a, a late touchdown. Uh, Rusty Hilder was the quarterback for Oklahoma State, went on and played with Oakland, I think. Uh, but that was a, a, a team that, uh, I want to say, finished in the top five. Uh, in the, now I'm thinking 84 now. The 87 team lost to LSU. I'm sorry. Uh, and there was a play early. Um, my memory gets fuzzy sometimes, Rob. There was a play early in that uh, bowl game, the uh, Gator bowl game, where uh, they threw a little swing pass to the uh, uh, LSU, uh, LSU. And Wendell, uh, uh, Wendell Davis, was that his name? Does that sound right? And uh, And he broke. He broke a tackle behind the line of scrimmage and wound up going. Uh, I don't, I don't, can't remember if he scored or not. But uh, that that play kind of broke it open uh, for uh, LSU. But LSU finished, uh, I think, they finished number four in the country in the final poll. So that was a pretty good football team. But uh, yeah, the '87 team I think was the uh, most talented. The '84 team might have been the most fun to watch, uh, and the '86 team might have been the uh, most puzzling to watch.
1: Teddy Hefner, of course, host of Talking Sports with Teddy Hefner, normally heard on our fine radio station here from nine to noon Monday through Friday. We're working the technical issues out. It's going to be uh, we're going to have the 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 uh, what is it? What are we going to call it? The Castle Day Teddy Studios at your home and uh, get you back on the air here as soon as we can, right?
0: Uh, yeah, they're working on it. and I really appreciate them doing that, and please. Uh, folks, I, I know you're not allowed to go out much, but um, uh, as much as you can, uh, you know, support um, uh, support my sponsor, support Rob's.
1: Father. From the '87 Gamecock team to Teddy covering NASCAR, I didn't know Teddy covered NASCAR. Had no clue. So yeah, we'll be. Uh, you can catch the entire interview on the podcast. Listen whatever you want. It really is DVR on the radio. Teddy did mention. Our buddy Lawton Swan, of course, of Clemson Sports Talk. He is the czar of Clemson sports. He is at Castle Day Swan, and he is uh, normally Swan comes in every day, and we have a nice little conversation as I'm moving my stuff out and he's moving his stuff in. But Swan, of course, has been uh, holed up at his house, and he's doing his show from there. Yesterday, he was talking about the Rock. I don't know. I don't. I have no clue where he was going with that. I mean, talk about The Rock. I mean, I love wrestling, but I tune in for a minute. It's like, wait a minute, he's talking about The Rock? What is he doing? Yeah, all kinds of goodness with Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk, the czar of Clemson sports. If I were you, I'd go over to his website, Clemsonsportstalk.com, because he's already got something up there that I didn't get to mention before Teddy came on the air, and that is Amir Sims for Clemson. You know, we talked with uh, Terrence Oglesby yesterday. Amir Sims was a player that's on he's not listed anywhere as being a first round NBA draft pick but has decided you know what I'm going to test the waters uh, for the NBA draft he put that out on Twitter last night and once he put that out there I mean he's, he's able to go and do that and it's just like what Terrence said it makes sense if you have the opportunity to do it why not so good stuff there from Terrence Oglesby check out the interview I did with him yesterday uh, that's on the podcast now as we speak. You can go and listen to that now if you want. Or you can listen to the rest of this show. Download it and listen to it later on. However you want to do it, the podcast is there for you. By the way, I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Appreciate uh, folks checking me out there as well. Upcoming guests include... Uh, let's see here. I've got my guest list in front of me. And I will tell you who's going to be on the show... Uh, the next couple of days, I know we've got Coach Eric Wilson joining us on Friday. And tomorrow, Joe Healy from Baseball America. We're going to talk about the draft and what he's doing to fill the baseball void. All of that and more. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. With the Lucky Land slots you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
1: Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks to Teddy Hefner for joining us. You know, I could just sit back and just feed Teddy questions, and he can just give us great content all day long. Everything in that last interview with him from uh, NASCAR to the coronavirus to college football season maybe on the outs to the 1987 Gamecock team is one of the best of all time to insert whatever you want here. Teddy knows it all. Be sure to check out his show every day, 9 to noon, right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Uh, You know, something interesting last night, I think it was last night, or when was it that I noticed it? ESPN tweeted out uh, yesterday that, quote, And the winner of college basketball's goat bracket is Michael Jordan. So what they're saying with that is that Michael Jordan is the greatest college basketball player of all time. Now, before I get into what I'm going to go with here, feel free to call us at 803-978-1832 if you want to get in on the mix. I am a person that loves Michael Jordan. Okay? I have those conversations, you know, you have with your buddies when you had a couple of beers and, you know, you're like, "Oh, well, Michael Jordan's better than LeBron James." I'll be one of those guys. And I know people will throw at me, "Well, LeBron James is a different kind of player." I'm like, "Yeah, but he's not Michael Jordan." And I think it's just because I grew up watching Michael Jordan. Okay, So I think he's the absolute best player in the NBA. But I'm smart enough to know that you have to do some research if you're going to make some statements, like ESPN saying that, according to their website, the winner of the basketball goat bracket is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was not the best college basketball player of all time. He flat out, simply, purely was not the greatest basketball player of all time. And I know that people are going to be like, wait a minute, what? Because you hear the name Jordan, and the first thing you think of is like, wow, that's crazy. Jordan's Jordan's just great. Here's the thing, though, with Michael Jordan. So they named him the greatest player ever, but and he won on this bracket that they had. But when you look at... What Michael Jordan did, he wasn't the absolute greatest when in college. Yes, he was great, but to call him the GOAT is kind of silly. So, Jordan won ESPN's brackets, I think, because of his accomplishments in the NBA. Early voting made it really clear when Shaquille O'Neal upset the guy who I think is the best college basketball player ever and that would be Lou Alcindor who would eventually be the uh, of course Kareem Abdul-Jabbar so Jordan of course he was a two-time All-American National Player of the Year in 1984 and helped lead the Tar Heels to a national title but you gotta look back in your history book a little bit and this is something that if our buddy Teddy Hefner had seen this he would have been like wait what I don't even think it's debatable that it's Lou Alcindor. Three straight National Player of the Year awards compared to one for Michael Jordan. Three-time consensus first-team All-American. Three-time NCAA champion. Three-time NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player. I think that that's who you go with as the absolute best. Now, if you want to uh, debate that Michael Jordan's better, feel free to call me at 803-978-1832. And we're not talking about when he was with the Chicago Bulls. Don't bring that up to me. I'm talking about when he was in the uh, when he was playing at North Carolina. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832 is the number to call. As we move along here on the Rundown this afternoon, Magic Johnson tweeted out, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is decisively the undisputed GOAT of college basketball. During his three years at UCLA, he led the Bruins to an 88-2 record, won three national titles, three-time National College Player of the Year, and three-time NCAA Most Outstanding Player in the Final Four. Yes, everything Magic Johnson said is what I said earlier. But Magic Johnson puts it out there. Now, Magic Johnson, you can make an argument that he was probably a little bit better in college than Michael Jordan. I'll entertain that call, but but when it comes down to it, it's all Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon, we can talk about that would love to take your calls on that because um, it's, it's amazing to me that people just seem to forget. And I think a lot of times people think of what Mike, Michael Jordan did with the Bulls and they just kind of equate that to his entire career. One other note from Magic Johnson, because of Abdul-Jabbar's dominance, the NCAA changed the rules and banned dunking in college basketball, which, of course, made him uh, create his famous skyhook. Which, by the way, if you watch him shoot that, it's impossible to block. I mean, he once he figured that out, man, he was great. But the if the NCAA changes the rules simply because of the way that you play, that's dominance, absolute dominance. If teams have to change the way that uh, they play a team because of you, you definitely are a, a person that they that is dominating in my opinion you know i got to watch taco fall last year the former central florida product and when he would go into a game teams completely changed simply because of his height so his height dominated the game in my opinion because it changed the way the game was played 803-978-1832 803-978-1832 you know i think about that and I think about last year in that game with Duke, and you had Taco Fall on one side, and uh, you had, uh, of course, Zion Williamson on the other, right here in Columbia. And Central Florida was giving it to Duke. They were they were playing really really good basketball. It's one of those memories that I'll have from uh, the NCAA tournament probably for the rest of my life, simply because. If you look at what's happened now with Zion Williamson taking off and being the star that everybody thought he was going to be, but then you had Taco Fall and his team, and they almost put Zion Williamson out of the NCAA tournament in the second round. Central Florida had a heck of a basketball team last year. They were really good. And it wasn't just Taco Fall. Central Florida had, had a couple of other players that had really done some good stuff and I'm trying to bring up uh, because I've still got my notes somewhere on that they lost by a point in the second round last year and you know it's it's considered an instant classic game and it is for UCF it was Aubrey Dawkins yeah Aubrey Dawkins goes off in that game for 32 points Taco Fall finished with 15 and 8 but Aubrey Dawkins was the show getting uh, 32 points to lead all scores, if I remember correctly. correctly. And uh, they just barely uh, were held off by the Duke Blue Devils. Duke led by eight at the half, but Central Florida stormed back and ended up losing. Yeah, Zion had 32 in that game as well. I remember that. He played the full, what, 40 minutes. 32, 11, and four. That's the kind of stuff we're missing right now. Hopefully, we can get out of this coronavirus soon. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us on The Rundown, this is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. Final segment this afternoon. And yesterday, I think I was yesterday, that I got into... Uh, my list yesterday and it was the sec games that i thought in september that i'm like wow really looking forward to these games and then i mentioned that i would do the acc games today so here's the big thing on this the acc schedule doesn't have a lot of There are games from the SEC that are outstanding as far as on the national championship front. The ACC schedule, at least the first month of the season, there are some decent games. So I thought I would do the list this afternoon. We're doing a little late because I went a little long with my interview with Teddy Hefner, and that's fine. Uh, But the list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 is, of course, we can still do it and we'll do it now. But... The list, these are the five ACC games that I think uh, are going to be the most interesting in September, the opening month of the season. Strap in, it's time for the list. And here we go, the list. The first game that you look at it and you're like, all right, on the ACC front, this might be interesting. Number five is NC State at Louisville on Thursday, September the 3rd. This is a big game in the Atlantic. Because one of those teams will obviously drop their first game of the season. And it's going to show, as NC State, have they had the ability to bounce back after a disappointing season last year? And has Louisville gotten – are they ready to take the next step? Of course, Coach Satterfield, they were a much better team last year than people thought. Louisville, will they be moving up? One of those teams is going to get a sour taste in their mouth right there at the start of the season. Will it be NC State or will it be Louisville? Number four. Number four, North Carolina at Central Florida. That game is on Friday, September the 4th. Here's the big thing about that game. North Carolina cannot go and stub their toe because the SEC apologists will come running rampant. Well, North Carolina is supposed to be the second best team in the, SEC and the ACC. Yeah, that's what you'll hear. Okay, so North Carolina can't stub their toe at UCF. That's going to be a big game there for the Tar Heels. Can Sam Howell and Mac Brown go down to Central Florida and pick up a big win early in the season? Number three. Number three on the list this afternoon. Biggest, uh, most interesting games on the front of the first, uh, first month of the season for the ACC, Virginia and Georgia in Atlanta. This is going to be an SEC-ACC matchup that uh, can Virginia, who fell just short against Florida in their bowl game, can they come out and, and be the spoiler here for the Georgia Bulldogs? You know, Georgia should be a heavy favorite, but if Georgia comes out and takes Virginia lightly, that could put a hamper on the Bulldogs season real quick. Number two. Number two on the list, biggest uh, games of the ACC the first month of the season, North Carolina and Auburn. It's one of the big games I had in the SEC set. Uh, That's an SEC-ACC matchup with two teams that are trying to dig themselves in and kind of raise themselves up after last season. Will Bo Nix going up against Sam Howell? That will be a very, very interesting quarterback matchup there with North Carolina and Auburn. number Number one on the list in September, you've got to go with Louisville and Clemson. And I'll tell you why. Because I think Louisville is a team that they're going to play with a rock on their shoulder, a chip on their shoulder, whatever it is you want to call it. Clemson, if you look at it, they should be double digits in every game they play this season except for the Notre Dame game in November. Okay? I think that, in my opinion, that we're going to have an interesting matchup with Louisville because Scott Satterfield seems like he's kind of righted the ship there. Got the Bobby Petrino stink off the program because that's kind of what they were the last little bit there with Petrino. And with Louisville, I think they're one of the two teams that can challenge Clemson as uh, they head out from the Atlantic. So there you go, my top five ACC games in just the month of September because we did the SEC uh, yesterday or the day before. Either way, there's my top five. You can respond at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, around the world on the iHeartRadio app, we appreciate you folks checking us out. Uh, If you missed it earlier, Teddy Hefner joined us. We talked about everything from NASCAR to great football teams uh, for the Gamecocks right on down the line. So, interesting stuff there. If you want to check that out, it'll be up on the podcast this afternoon. Uh, Don't forget my buddy, Lawton Swan. He's the czar of Clemson Sports, who will be joining us here shortly. Tomorrow, I'm excited about... Uh, Joe Healy from Baseball America. Now you're asking me, Rob, why are you bringing on a guy to talk baseball? Because Joe can talk to us a little bit about what's gonna, what he thinks is gonna happen with a lot of the college baseball players that didn't just get their chance. Are they gonna play in some of the wood bat leagues? Um, what he thinks is gonna happen next season? We'll get into all of that with Joe Healy tomorrow from Baseball America and. I also want to uh, bring in, and that's going to happen on Friday, uh, Coach Eric Wilson, former Gamecock assistant, coached high school football across the state, uh, knows his stuff. And Coach uh, Wilson will talk to us a little bit about the, uh, what it takes in the offseason, well, how, how this could affect the offseason, and uh, could it shorten the season. You know, what Just his thoughts, and get it kind of from a coach's perspective, uh, what he thinks about the upcoming football season, if we're going to have one. Because as Teddy said, there's a 50-50 shot, according to one of his sources that uh, uh, from, SEC, from the SEC field anyway. I don't really know if that's going to happen or not. You know, and by the way, one other little thing here too. I love the people that are sending me stuff on Facebook. I probably get three or four messages a day on Facebook where it's like, This person, uh, you know, told me that, you know, we're going to be under martial law and everything else. Just stop. Just stop. Look, let me tell you what the best thing to do. If you want information and you're listening to the radio, go over to News Radio 560 WVOC, 103.5 FM WVOC, and listen to our news coverage over there. Okay? We have news updates throughout the day over on 560 WVOC. And that's where you got to get your news and then go with the news. Don't go with what your buddy, your cousin, your uncle, your aunt told you. None of that. Go with what the news is telling you. That's kind of the, the way to go, in my opinion. All right, so don't forget about uh, the blog page. It's uh, at Rob Sounds Good. Excuse me. It's on Fox Sports Radio 1400.com. Just look up top to the left also i'm on twitter at rob sounds good appreciate you folks uh checking me out there and uh and interacting with me i've had some some folks uh i love the tiger king show on netflix had several people uh uh tweeting back and forth with me about that and uh the lovely world of joe azotic wow craziness but yeah The only thing cooler than uh, the Tiger King is Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan, which comes up next. Lawton, of course, at Castle Day Swan. I'm sure he's going to talk to you a little bit today about Amir Sims because that was on my list and I didn't quite make it. But Amir Sims saying, yeah, I'm going to test the NBA draft waters. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here. That may happen, but with the COVID virus and all that, you're not going to have that much of an opportunity to play against other, other teams or coaches going to get another look at you. You're not going to have a lot, of, a lot of opportunity for that. I think Amir Sims comes back. I really do. So there you go. Hate to spoil that, but I think he'll, he'll, he'll run around, test the waters, sort of like A.J. Lawson did last year, and then come back. I'm sure Lawton Swan will have that for you on and Sports Talk. Follow him on Twitter at Clumpson Sports. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. We'll see you tomorrow with the rundown.